the Tenable Research Podcast. My name is Dan Raywood. I'm a Product Marketing Manager here at Tenable. Now, in February, it's Black History Month in North America, and uh, we were contacted by the Employee Resource Group, ERG, um, here at Tenable, uh, who work with the, uh, the Black community, the African Americans who work here. They are Black at Tenable, and they talk to us about it, uh, talking to us to talk to you. And, um, well, we, we said, yes, of course, we're delighted to, to feature you know, this particular group and um, their two co-chairs are joining us now. So let's move over and talk to the co-chairs of Black Hat Tenable. And we're now joined by two of the co-leads of the Black at Tenable group. They are Lisa Reagan and Joshua Tellington. Welcome to both of you to the podcast. Um, Joshua, let's come to you first. Let's just ask, what does the Black at Tenable Employee Resource Group, uh, what, what, what do they stand for? What, what's the point of this particular group? Um, yeah, so I'd say the primary mission of the ERG is to promote an atmosphere where um, the Black community at Tenable can feel a sense of inclusion. Um, so a really you know, a really important aspect of that is being able to create safe spaces where Black employees can bring awareness to some of the ideas and um, as well as some of the concerns that many Black professionals may have, but not feel confident in um, expressing in an everyday atmosphere. Great. And um, how long has the, has the group been, been running? What was, when, when did it start? Um, so I believe the group started around 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Right. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. And Lisa, what about, uh, how long have you both been involved with, with this group? Lisa, you first. So I was part of the group. I just became a co-lead this year, um, but I did participate in the activities that we had previously. Um, in addition to, you know, having a, a space for the employees in the Black community at Tenable, um, we also host events to connect and network within Tenable with other employees. And also um, there's volunteer opportunities um, that we like to participate in as well. Great. Okay. Well, that's good to know. And um, you're one of many employee resource groups. We'll call them ERGs from now on uh, here at Tenable. But um, the reason we're talking to you this month is because it's Black History Month in, in February, as we record. Um, and this is in particular is in North America. Uh, I got slightly confused because in, in Europe, where, where I'm from, it's actually in October. But uh, don't worry, we'll revisit this in six months. Um, let, let, Lisa, let's come to you first. Um, how do, you, how do you sort of feel the kind of the black pioneers of computing are being recognized these days? Um, in, in a month when the spotlight is placed upon uh, African-Americans, black people in, in technology or, you know, certainly uh, within this arena, um, you know, how, how, how are they being represented and recognized? Personally, I think there can be more recognition. Um, so, of course, it was great to see, you know, the success of things like the movie Hidden Figures with you know, which told the story of people like Katherine Johnson, um, Dorothy Vaughn and Mary Jackson, who were three black women that were, you know, these brilliant mathematicians. They did a lot of the computations for NASA early on in the space program back in the 1960s. Um, so, so while that is awesome, you know, the mainstream success of that, there are a lot of others. So, um, you know, people like Mark Dean, who was the co-creator of the uh, IBM uh, personal computer, the PC back in the 1980s. Um, or someone like Emmett McHenry, who, you know, created the first DNS registrar back in 1979. So, um, you know, being able to kind of know a little bit of those stories would, I think, um, encourage a lot more Black people or um, Black employees, um, people who may be of color, just in different industries in STEM, to be interested in cybersecurity and just computer science as a whole. Yeah. 
But that's that's a great point, and you, you've mentioned a few there. I mean, it, it's it's a tricky one. You know, we, we've obviously in the last. 10 years, I guess, you know, there's been a lot of focus on women in security. And we've, we've learned a lot more about people like Grace Hopper. And um, it, it's, it, it's sort of maybe it, it's a societal change that, you know, that as things are going to, you know, as things are evolving in society and, um, you know, people are, are you know, lifted up, etc. that, you know, that, that, that those pioneers who maybe should have been given the kind of the credit are, are not not so much. And I, I agree with you on the Hidden Figures film. I saw that um, a year or two ago, and yeah, it, it, these are people I've never heard of. <laughs> Let's be honest with you; yeah. a lot of people never heard of them. And it's absolutely it's a shame it takes Hollywood to, to bring these up, you know. But um, but you know, just kind of generally, I mean, there's there's a few people there. I mean, what what kind of credit? Do you think that, I mean, do they get any credit at all in, in, in computing or is that something that is becoming more the case? Um, I think it is becoming more the case, but, you know, we can certainly work to increase some of those efforts. Um, you know, like, like we mentioned a few of the names before, I, it actually took me, you know, to actually work at Verisign, who now is a leader in the um, TOD space, you know, owning a lot of the um, uh, top level domains and working in that registrar space. So, you know, it took me actually having to work there to know who Emmett McHenry was and his role in, you know, DNS and the history of the internet there. So, um, yeah, I think it, it, it could be beneficial to kind of learn more of these stories because, again, you have a lot of um, Black professionals that may be really talented in STEM, but maybe see a bit of um, a cultural block for whatever reason, just getting into uh, computer science. So I think understanding these stories and knowing about these stories would encourage some of that. Um, yeah. I think, I think I agree with you, actually. I think it's, it's a really good point that, you know, it took you working at, uh, at that company in particular, VeriSign, to, to learn about what that person had done. And um, I think it, it's a lot of this, I think, you know, we're talking about society, but I think it was, could actually come on the companies. And I think well, we'll get on to kind of the, the hiring issue in a second. But I think I wonder, you know, how many companies realise their own heritage of what achievements have been made. And actually it's like, you know, you start, start lifting that those people up because you know, everybody wants to be seen to be doing something, you know, positive, I suppose. But I wonder, you know, like you said, with 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 case of Emmy Henry at Verisign, you know, it's like it took you working there and until you and I started talking about this, uh, about doing this podcast, you know, I'd never heard, heard of his name either. But um, yeah. I wonder if there are sort of those kind of literally hidden figures, you know, within, within companies' history. And it's a bit like kind of almost like take a, a bit of a look at your achievements and then the people who did it and then... I mean, there's probably others, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Many others. Yeah, well, let, let's move on to talk about hiring then, because um, it, you know, generally this is obviously the issue of, of, of massive skill shortage and stuff like that has been you know, well documented over the years. Um, obviously, but representation has always been a little bit challenging. Um, I mean, do you feel there's adequate representation of Black and African-American employees in the cybersecurity field? No. Um, Oh, sorry, Lisa. Oh, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, like we still have a ways to go. Um, I still feel we're really underrepresented in IT. Um, for example, only 8% of Blacks and African Americans are in the cybersecurity field. And, um, you know, a lot of people get their jobs through networks, right? Through referrals. And if, you know, you don't have people that, with similar backgrounds or may look like you or that you have network or connection with, how can you really get into these positions? Um, I do think that 
we still have room for additional training and workshops and things so that when hiring managers are reviewing candidates, you know, um, they can be made aware of any unconscious biases they may have. Um, there could be, you know, more efforts in recruiting as far as, you know, reaching out to HBCUs, which are historically black colleges and universities. Um, to create, you know, to um, get more talent in the IT field. I think those are some things that can be done um, to help ensure that we have a diverse workforce. Yeah, that's great. Joshua, are you going to comment as well? Um, yeah, and so just to piggyback on a lot of what Lisa said, I think many mature cybersecurity organizations are beginning to understand the importance of a more diverse uh, workplace. Um, which I think makes a lot of sense just from a logical perspective, considering, you know, the adversary is diverse, right? So uh, exploit authors come in all different walks of life. Um, so just like any other robust defense organization, you ideally would like to have a security organization that that is just as diverse um, as some of those adversarial actors that may be out there. Mm. Well, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. You know, and like, uh, you know, with, with the, the, the women in security concept, you know, the diverse uh, groups of people bring bring new ways of thinking and you know different backgrounds as well it, it, it's um yeah and it, it's a real positive i think and i think it, it's and it, well it's been a long time since i walked around the cyber security conference because for obvious reasons but um yeah, yeah it, it's typical you know you walk around and obviously you, you'll see people we're from you know uh east asian origin and you know, southeast asian origin obviously and um but you know the majority of people there uh you know are going to be caucasian and it's it's just a tricky one i think if you are coming into this industry, you know, if you've been sent there by, you know, your company as a, a you know, a possibly aspiring cybersecurity professional, you know, it, it probably can be quite daunting. I, you know, I say that as a white man, you know, it, for me, it was daunting as well. I walked into these, you know, tens of thousands of people at InfoSecurity Europe or RSA or Black Hat and, you know, and it's like, well, what would I feel like if I were, you know, not so privileged? So it, it, it's a really tricky one. I think, I guess, I guess the question, you know, Lisa, you made the point there about looking at the different universities. I mean, do you think there's opportunities there for businesses to sort of go straight into sort of like the higher education and the colleges and the universities and sort of say, you know, this, this is the, these are the opportunities and, you know, here's where you can, like ERGs, for example, that you can, um, here's where you can be made to feel more welcome, if you know what I mean. Oh, absolutely. Um, with, you know, recruiting seminars, workshops, absolutely. There's tons of organizations, nonprofit organizations now who train um, students in STEM and we can give back that way by reaching out and making sure that we go to those colleges, especially local. There's a lot of them, you know, local to where headquarters is in our, our company and we can just reach out locally and, you know, and find ways to recruit that way. I know there have been efforts to do that and Tenable is great at doing things like that, but I'm just speaking overall in IT, you know, a lot of companies can do that just to ensure our diverse work, you know, workplace. Yeah, and I'm sure every company is looking to kind of, you know, open their arms a little bit more and, you know, show that they're diverse, you know, if, if uh, you know, they were challenged on their, uh, you know, different uh, levels of staffing and all that and if you know, they were to say you know show a greater diversity then you know that's the sort of company that people want to work for probably because if you know say if you're uh you know different race or you know a different gender then you know you, you're going to look for sort of companies where there's more diversity i suppose it's just it's just it's a, a hopefully a more attractive proposition um let's talk about generally about you know for for, for 
uh, aspiring black employees coming out of college or, uh, you know, maybe looking for that second job almost, you know, they've, they've been in one looking for the second one. What kind of things do you think they, uh, people value in, in an organisation when, uh, when they come to sort of, you know, the, the actual employee themselves? What, what kind of things do they typically look for and what should a, a company be offering? Uh, let's go to you, Joshua, first that. Yeah, so I think one of the main things is ensuring that hiring managers understand the importance of diversity when it comes to hiring and recruitment. Um, also, you know, kind of creating those safe spaces where I think Lisa spoke about some of that unconscious bias training, um, where I think a lot of times things may not necessarily be, you know, um, or, or incidents may not have malicious intent, but just because of a lot of cultural norms that have been kind of accepted and um, have gone on for a while now, there may be an unawareness of, hey, this is a, this conversation or this language may be a little bit off-putting. And because of that, you know, I'm going to learn or grow at a slower space. Maybe I can't engage and, and be as collaborative as others to, to be able to learn and, and grow. So um, being able to kind of call some of that out or at least identify where, hey, I'm going to make it easy so that different types of talent or diverse talent can come in, contribute from day one and, and feel like a, a member of the team, essentially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, from the, the, the ERG perspective, I mean, I know that I don't know if either of you are actually involved in the setting up. I don't think I'm right in saying that you weren't, you've certainly been involved with it since its, its conception, but I don't think you were there in terms of actually it's getting it together. But what kind of things should a, a, could a company, well, actually, maybe it's not, not companies, like maybe it's the employee. Yeah? So, you know, the, the employee joins, realizes there isn't that kind of ERG. How, how can someone start something up? I mean, is it, uh, is it something you go to like the head of HR or do you go to like, uh, you know, maybe a CEO, there might be a sort of slightly bigger fish to fry, but where's, where's a good starting point if someone kind of goes in that isn't like a, you know, like a black attainable like you, you both were, um, represent, where's a good starting point if someone wants to kind of make this sort of group happen? I would, I would say, you know, reach out to your HR um, because, you know, I think they would know best, you know, if they were planning to have a DEI group, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, I believe that's what it stands for. Um, you know, a lot of companies are looking to get those in there. So reaching out to HR, asking them if they have anything like that already. And if not, what can we do to get one? Um, to let them know you're interested and you feel, tell them, you know, how important it is to you and people that you represent. Not saying you speak for everyone in your community, right? But you just let them know there's something that's needed. Um, and, you know, just let them know that you're willing to jump in and you want to help out and you want to provide, you know, some suggestions on how we can improve. I think that any good company would be really interested in that and would find ways to help any employee that was looking to start a group like that. Definitely. Well, I think that's, that's a great point. I think on the other side then, I mean, how can businesses ensure that they have a more diverse workforce? What kind of things would be good to put in place? I mean, this would probably be a first step, I suppose, but obviously you need the employees to, you know, to populate the, the group. Otherwise it's going to look a bit lonely, but I mean, what, what kind of uh, things that can a company put in place? I mean, is it good to put things on the application, for example, to say, you know, that we, we encourage diversity and actually be able to, to demonstrate that? Is that sort of thing that, that's, that could be done? Yeah, I think those are good first steps. Um, like you said, setting up the uh, the ERG if it's not already in place, um, the DEI program if it's not already in place. Um, one thing that Tenable is doing that I like is we're actually creating relationships with, with um, STEM organizations that 
kind of focus on black professionals so that we can almost use tenable products as a way to um, encourage or introduce cybersecurity careers. Um, so for example, we may use a product like Tenable IO to say, hey, um, you can stand up a Nessus scanner and link it back to Tenable IO. So maybe a security engineer might be interested in um, having that job function. Um, maybe a security analyst may have a little bit more interest in looking at Tenable IO dashboards. Um, and, and maybe executive management may be more interested in looking at something like Lumen, um, for example. So, so being able to actually use the product to um, not only educate the different careers that are out there, but also um, educate on Tenable's products as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, people come to do a job at the end of the day, and you know, obviously it's feeling comfortable actually doing the job as well, as well as knowing what you're going to be working on is this... Is an interesting point. And um, Lisa, I want to just follow up with you on the concept of unconscious bias. Um, just can you kind of just explain what what you what that what that means for uh, you know for anyone who's, who's unaware? So unconscious biases, I would say those are um, you know stereotypes that you have about a, a person or a group of people that are different that you don't identify with necessarily. Um, and you don't realize that you have these biases until they're brought up. So like certain stereotypes about certain groups of people, and that can affect sometimes when hiring, right? So if you're a manager and you're in a certain position and someone comes in and they're interviewing and they're from one of the social groups that you have a stereotype about, that could affect the way you're interviewing them. It could affect your decision-making, whether or not to hire them. And it may not be, you know, um, racially charged. It could just be any kind of unconscious bias you have about a particular group or way a person presents. And that really isn't, shouldn't be the basis of hiring or promoting anyone, right? It should be off their merit, their talents, their skills. And so, you know, a lot of people, people of all races have unconscious biases. So it's, it's a thing where, you know, we all should get training and so that we can recognize those things and work to improve it. And I think that with that, that'll help everyone, you know, because like we said, the whole point of it is to have a diverse workforce. And the more that we um, get rid of these things that are blocks to finding talent, um, that'll help uh, That'll help us all in the long run. Yeah, I think like we talked about, you know, societal changes, you know, and I think, it, it, it's good that representation is, is done it you know it does encourage people to be you know more more uh, accepting I guess of, of people's different cultures and I think it's uh, you know certainly here at Tenable we, we've done a lot of that I've learned about a lot of our new national holidays since I've been here looking at things like Juneteenth for example and um, I think yeah it, it's yeah it, it's unfortunately it's something in society that is there but hopefully you're with, with uh, awareness and training and just people's kind of uh, you know, changing thoughts things like unconscious bias is going to become less of a factor and you know people sort of see uh see the the, the capability rather than the, you know the color of the skin or the you know the heritage which is a hopefully uh you know something that's going to change for the better um let's just kind of come to, to close on this podcast i just want to talk about kind of uh, you know diversity around the cybersecurity industry and kind of and more broadly and um lisa let's just just come to you first then um i mean is is there a concerted effort in your view to kind of increase diversity around cybersecurity, not just within within tenable or you know you know, broader. Do you think? Do you see companies making more of an effort these days? I, I do see more of an effort these days, especially when you know we had you know the protests and everything that happened. There was you know there was a swift change 
in the other direction where, you know, companies were coming out making statements and, you know, all the ERGs and DEI initiatives were being made. And, you know, you can go online now and you can search for different stories of upcoming, you know, Black professionals in IT. You know, we're starting, like I said, we have a long way to go, but it's starting, it's getting momentum. Um, you know, Tenable is, I think that Tenable is doing a great job and they're putting forth lots of initiatives to try to have a diverse work work environment. And I think that's great. Um, but yeah, overall, I think that, you know, we're inching along, we still have a ways to go, but that's, you know, not just in IT, that's in a lot of places, especially in getting positions that are, you know, manager, director, VP, executive positions, not just getting in the door, but getting actual, you know, um, you know, VP, you know, just managerial decision-making positions, you know, we still have a ways to go. Yeah. What about you, Joshua? I mean, you, you, you mentioned you've worked for a couple of companies in the past and um, uh, have you seen a, a change almost in, in the way people are thinking and the way people are trying to kind of encourage you know, diversity, whether it's in, you know, the groups like ERG, whether it's in, you know, sort of uh, more membership groups, stuff like that? Um, yeah, I, I think so. I think there has been an uptick in um, a lot of the awareness on encouraging Black professionals to look into cybersecurity and, and IT in general. Um, like I said, you know, the ERG is not just that tenable. A lot of companies are adopting the mindset of, hey, we need to create spaces where maybe underrepresented people can um, kind of voice and, and help coach us on some of the things that we can do um, to, to help uh, diversify our workforce, which again, especially when you're talking about in cybersecurity in the long run is a, is a really beneficial thing as it may eventually lead to, um, there's an element of risk reduction, right? When you have a diverse workforce, especially in cybersecurity, um, that's just as diverse as some of the exploit authors and um, bad actors that may be out there. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And then I should just come to you both one last question. Do you think that efforts to be uh, increased diversity over the last you know, 12, 18 months have been, have they been successful in your view, or do you think it's, it's time to do some more or, or is other right steps being made? Uh, Joshua, I'll just stick with you first. Yeah, I, I do think that a lot of those efforts are um, starting to yield results. Um, like Lisa was saying there, you know, there is more to be done, I think. And, and this is certainly like a, a first phase of that. Um, however, I think it's encouraging the response that um, came from a lot of the uh, protest and, and different um, things that happened back in 2020, where I think at that point, it was kind of a, an epiphany moment where we said, okay, um, this isn't okay. It's been going on for a while now. We want to create spaces where everyone feels, um, you know, uh, a sense of belonging, uh, so to speak. So, so yeah, I do think that those efforts are moving in the positive direction. Um, and some of the things that we spoke about today could help um, um, just kind of help that uh, go even further. Yeah, just at least come to you for a last point. I mean, are you, are you satisfied with, with steps being made, as I said, or you think is, you know, things, are being, things are going in the right direction? No, yeah, like I said, it is definitely going in the right direction. Um, I am, I would, you know, I wouldn't say satisfied, but definitely, you know, I feel we're on the right path and that, you know, as we keep going and as we grow, we're all learning, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're all trying to, we all have the same end result. Um, and I feel that initiatives like this will continue to help all companies, especially Tenable. And, you know, I, I do feel Tenable's on the right path. Yes. 
Excellent. Well, it's uh, good to know that we're working for a company that is going on the right way. So, um, well, like I say, Black History Month is uh, is this taking place this month, and I'm sure there's lots of information online if, if you need to know more. But um, otherwise, uh, for now, Lisa and Joshua, thank you very much for talking to us. And uh, who knows, maybe in six months when it's the European or certainly the UK first, maybe we'll reconnect and we'll see what has been achieved. But uh, for now, Lisa Reagan and Joshua Tennyson, thanks very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. And a big thanks again to Joshua and Lisa for joining us today. Uh, if you're interested in information on uh, careers at Tenable, particularly uh, interested in what we were talking about today, you feel like this is the sort of company that you're interested in coming and working for, then do check out careers.tenable.com for the uh, full options there on what careers are available at Tenable. With, um, obviously, if you're interested in joining one of the many ERG groups, there are several others, then uh, they are available. Um, but for now, thank you very much for listening. There's a list on the tenable.com slash podcast of all the other uh, content we've got uh, it should include all of our regular research conversations as well as um, some other conversations we've had with recently with the outgoing CTO which is due to come out as well as uh, talking about some other CISA bill of directives um, if you want to contact me I'm at Dan Raywin on Twitter or you'll find me on other social networks uh, please subscribe and more content coming out in March as well especially about more about the career side if you're interested in that so with that, we'll bring this one in. Thank you very much for uh, listening and we'll see you next time.